Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is September 10th, 2021. And welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast series. I'm joined by two guests today because it is Holy Wasty Day, and it's on a Friday, but one person that's vowed never to be here on a Friday, Wasty, is Kevin Combs, Vice President McKinney Flavelle. Kevin, you're here. I am here with cheer. It's a great day. Even though it's Wasty Friday, I'm not letting that drag me down today. Uh, you know, it's all about attitude, right? It's all about yeah. perspective. It's all about how you take it, right? But I'm also joined by Craig Ruffalo, Vice President Bikini for the Hello, Craig. How are you? Hey, yeah, it's Friday <sighs> and I'm Friday. here. So look out. I mean, it is a great day. Yeah. How often does that happen? Craig's here on a Friday. I know. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Speaking of bad transitions, I just want to give a shout out to my fantasy, because Craig, he, he's big in football. Kevin, you're big in football. But I just have to, you know, you have to take your wins when you can get them. And everybody that's on my fantasy uh, football league who laughed at me for taking Gronkowski and laughed at me for taking Antonio Brown last night, I got a ton of points from those two. And I just want to say, that's cool. We are so happy for you. Yeah. Congratulations. Woo. <laughs> I don't think either one of you would have uh, congratulated me before the, that happened. But, in a, you know, hey, look, past performance, uh, future results. Uh, we'll see what happens. There so. you go. Absolutely. Speaking of past performance and future results, Mike, you know, what happened today in the WASDI report? That is a great transition. I like that transition. And uh, a lot uh, rides on this WASDI report in many different commodities. And... Uh, I think we're going to start with you, Craig, and, and talk about the grains okay. and uh, big, big uh, report for especially corn sweetener buyers out there. Very true. And uh, what did they do? Oh, well, you know, it's interesting. There was some commentary about some FSA reports that had come out about increased acreage potentials in corn and some potential neutral uh, acreage uh, in soybeans and maybe even hopefully, optimistically, some increase in wheat. The net result of today was no change in wheat acres, an increase of 600,000 acres in corn, and a decrease of 400,000 acres in soybeans. So we kind of had an offsetting of corn and beans. What that basically means for anybody on the corn side is, is that that would be a nice little bump along with a yield increase that would allow for maybe some further liquidation in corn. But because we didn't have much in the way of the change in the soybean complex as far as beans on production, it's going to keep the support levels at the nearby and even on into the ne next year fairly consistent with where the market's been. So net net, not a whole lot of change as far as the futures positions go for the beans and corn complex uh, based on today's report. Great recap, Craig. Were you surprised at the, the yield that they put out or was it in line with what you uh, thought they might do? It was more in line with what I thought. I think the industry was a little bit below 176.3 on yeah. the average uh, estimate. I think people were more close to 175.5 to 176. So I think this was a little nice bump over what the uh, market anticipated. But again, I think what you're finding, Mike, in this overall situation, beans or corn are tied to the hip so directly and they're going to be fighting for acres this coming spring for the next crop that one can't get out of the way of the other. So they're kind of right. trading in that same 
uh, bias. So if something is great for corn, well, that's nice. But as long as soybeans output isn't growing and their projected ending stocks is only going to be at 185 million bushels or a 4% stocks to use ratio, that's not enough beans uh, to move a market down. So it's going to support overall grain prices. Got it. Got it. And and uh, anything else on uh, uh, corn and soybeans or shall we move on to wheat real quick or... You know, the only other thing is on soybean oil, because of the changes went, that went on in the soybean complex, it actually lowered crush for soybean oil. Um, and a direct result will be lower biofuel demand. They lowered biofuel demand for the new year by 500 million pounds. Um, offsetting some of it is food use up 300 million pounds on the anticipation of improved economy. So net net ending stocks are pretty neutral on soybean oil. So we're still looking at less than a 6% stocks to use ratio. So again, support levels for soybean oil at the 55 cent range or, um, or above. So we're not seeing much change in that direction. So um, that would probably cover those two markets. Got it. Okay. Shall we move over to uh, Kevin on sugar? Sure. Kevin, what did they do in sugar? I did made a few adjustments, right? They did a lot. There were like number <laughs> changes mid- everywhere. My WASD sheet is got yeah writing all over it, up and down both twenty twenty one and twenty one twenty two crop. But okay, you know when you look at the the highlights, you know there's been a lot of adjustments. The USDA's uh, made a few announcements on exports. They gave Mexico a little quota, eighteen thousand tons. They did the ninety thousand ton increase in the TRQ that allowed late entry. And then we finally got the 2021-2022 import quotas announced for both raw and refined. So they had a lot of things to reflect in regards to all those quotas. Probably the most interesting thing on the import quotas, you know, they basically set those at the minimum, but the refined, you know, they they have to come up with what that number is. They actually increased that 24,000 tons, as we've seen a lot of consternation amongst the organic crowd over the past year on uh, how much organic sugar was going to be made available and how the tranches were going to play out. So they did get a little uh, break this year with a little increase there. And uh, that'll that'll help out particularly those buying organic sugar. And then, you know, reflecting all those numbers uh, into the equation, they actually raised deliveries 75,000 tons as well. So we ended up with a uh, Ending stocks down 121,000 tons for 2021 and uh, brought the stocks to use ratio below the target ratio down to 13.2%. So, you know, we've been seeing that over 14% and thought the USDA was managing the range, but all those adjustments kind of came into play. And that was also topped off with a further reduction in early harvest on the beet crop. So they lowered Mm -hmm. 32,000 tons on old crop. But the good news was, as we've expected, you know, we're hearing better yields uh, coming about in most of the beet growing regions and sugar content that was above average uh, pretty much across the board for all the uh, different cooperatives. So the beet crop ended up a net 92,000 tons higher, 124,000 tons higher this year, minus 32,000 tons last year. And that was good. I think. One of the other things that uh, people were, gonna, were looking for was what uh, USDA was going to prognosticate for Louisiana following Hurricane Ida. Correct. Yeah, and they just punted, and uh, okay. none of citing the fact that both suppliers 
producers down in Louisiana, as well as uh, the government entities, did not have any estimates there. So they left Louisiana uh, production unchanged. I think, you know, based on the reports we're hearing, maybe 20% of the cane was in the path of the hurricane and, and you know, seeing the deluge of rainfall and wind and et cetera. So with only 20%, I think the damage is probably going to be minimal. We'll you know, have to see that probably next month. Okay. Uh, anything else on the numbers? Well, uh, you know, I think, again, the other uh, highlight where September, you sit, reset the stocks to use ratio at 13.5%. And with all these quotas, mm-hmm. total imports for uh, 21.22 are up to 3.212, a little bit over last year, you know, about 60,000 tons higher. And the TRQ imports, because of that delay, showing really high at 1.8 million short ton draw value. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. But what does that mean? That means uh, with all these quotas and everything coming into play, Mexico gets hit to get us back down to 13.5%. So their quota was dropped 365,000 tons to 1.084 million. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So not a good day Hmm. if you're a Mexican mill looking for that quota. That's right. And Mexico, you know, they didn't really adjust anything on Mexico. But when you look at, you know, their production at 5.8 million tons, we're kind of hearing right now with good rainy season down there, uh, production's likely on the climb. So some people are saying Mexico's probably going to be closer to 6 million tons. Domestic demand down there around 4 million tons plus IMEX, call it 370. They're going to have a huge surplus again. And so talking about, you know, sugar, the world market. And so the last thing they wanted to hear was a lower quote at the U S for sure. What'd you think of the food number, them increasing that by 75? You know, it's interesting because I've had conversations with people in the industry talking about demand being soft and weak. And you looked at the delivery months, deliveries last month and, you know, they looked like they're recovering. They're coming back. They've been a little bit stronger over the last few months, but we didn't get the July data yet. The SMD report has not come out. So I was, you know, hoping to see some evidence there or something to support that 75,000 ton increase, but it wasn't. I think the other telling story on demand was, you know, the USDA is still not confident of sugar demand increasing as, you know, we've talked about this for the last several years. Uh, people aren't looking to increase their sugar intake. So uh, they did keep 2122 flat versus 2021 and just reflected that same 75,000 ton increase. Got it. Okay. Some may say that that's a way to at least validate Mexico's quota being around a million tons. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because you got increased production of the beet sugar industry for the new crop and you don't want to completely eliminate Mexico's opportunity to bring sugar in here are with raw sugar prices already over 34 cents. So perhaps maybe that was a little bit of motivation to increase deliveries. And then wisely, they did not, uh, you know, increase 21, 22. Right. Because that would increase Mexico's quota more and run the risk of ending up with a lot more sugar than needed. So there it is. It's always a good idea just to keep that flat and uh, be conservative there. Yep. Boom. Like a boss. He got it, Mike. 
Kevin, do you have anything else on sugar? Or, uh, you know, there's obviously some stuff in the uh, out of the Gulf with uh, some supply chain challenges potentially. Yeah, that definitely. You know, on the good news front, there as we're hearing, you know, both refineries down there have been up and running now. The uh, Gramercy facility is still restricted on rail at this point. The rail uh, service has not been restored. So they're operating at a lower capacity limit, maybe 25%. But, you know, hearing great news out of Chalmette that the refinery has no restrictions as far as running. They're back up and capable going full speed and working on, uh, you know, returning back to full capacity. They have bulk rail and even expect to get back uh, their packaging lines up and running uh, maybe this weekend. So. Yeah, it'll be a day to day. You know how things. It's just like my my home projects, though. You know, <laughs> it, it, there's always bumps in the road, so we'll have to keep very close to no it. No question. Uh, you know, things can go up and things can go down, and you know, I know that uh, initially there were some concerns from a labor standpoint, uh, running standpoint. So we'll just have to keep close to it. So that looks good news there, though, and I think you know the. You're starting to see more quotes and more activity again after they halted a lot of offers, et cetera, uh, immediately following the hurricane. So I think uh, everyone's optimistic. Yeah, we need it. All right. Anything else on sugar, Kevin? That's it. That's all I got today. Well, Craig, thank you very much. Kevin, thank you very much. And before we let people go, a couple things. We have our wheat webinar coming up on September 29th. Eric Thornton is going to be presenting his thoughts on wheat and also, uh, Nicole Thomas, VP at McKinney Fildell, she will be speaking at the Ernerberry Conference on September 27th in Las Vegas. So uh, awesome. if you go in there, check it out. Yeah. Uh, as I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude and live every minute moment with your friends and family. And until next time, take care, everybody. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care. Bye now. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favelle's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit bikini-favelle.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.